0: Welcome, everyone, to the Asian Voices Radio Podcast, where you'll find real Asian-American conversations about all the topics, including things you were too afraid to ask your Asian parents. I am Kula Ramos, your host, and once again, joining me for another podcast is my co-host, Linda Schwartz. How are you doing, Linda?
1: I'm doing fantastic. What up, people? I'm I'm stumbling today with my words. I'm sorry. I'm going to calm down.
0: Is it? Is it because, I mean, uh, for those that listened to episode one, which had all about Linda, you know, you found out she's a, a new mom. And is it because, you know, how is everything going being a new mommy? Is that why you're stumbling?
1: Oh, you know, I'm just getting my brain cells back. So, um, <laughs> yes, it is there. My brain is finally firing the way that it should. I don't uh-huh. I, You can maybe ask your wife this and any New mom will attest to this, that you literally, your brain shrinks when you have Ah. a kid, so you can focus on that baby, but it takes a while for things to get back to normal and start firing again. So I'm feeling like I got my voice back. So you're basically
0: telling me that mommy brain is real.
1: It is, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: for sure, one hundred percent.
1: And what is your? How old is your your child again? Uh, my son is eighteen months old. He just turned eighteen months um, on Thursday. And what is his name? Can I ask? Huxley, after Algis Huxley. The
0: Ooh, are you yeah. calling him Hux? Not yet. Well, are you I'm, you're going to are you going to nickname him Hux? I think that's a cool nickname.
1: I think so, but right now we're calling him Huxley so he knows his name, but um we're also trying I'm trying to stop calling him baby because we're trying to encourage him to wean and we're telling him that he's not a baby anymore and uh-huh. that he's a big boy, uh-huh. but he'll point to my nipple and he'll say baby. <laughs> and I'm like <laughs> you're a big boy now so yeah so we're 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 just calling him Huxley
0: so Huxley it is Huxley there you go there you go well you know it's just I don't even know where to go from here I know I'm sorry no that was awesome that was funny but I'm, well, I'm excited really... about today's show.
1: Yes, I am too. And I am actually really looking forward to learning about our guest and all the things that um, she's gone through and how she's really taken her experience and is making a huge, huge contribution to the empowerment and, um, you know, just freedom of women all around the world. So,
0: absolutely. And as a dad of two young girls uh, specifically, um, I will say that I'm going to be listening to this show intently. And I know my wife is going to be listening too. Um, For those that, you know, just to let y'all know, if you didn't read the show notes, uh, today's show will be discussing sex trafficking and our special guest joining us today Um, Has spoken in over 100 engagements at universities and colleges, law enforcement agencies, and symposiums globally. She's recognized as a renowned speaker and expert on the issues of human trafficking. And if you want to find out more about her before, you know, after the, if you forget, you can write this website down. It is Iamchongkim.com. Again, I-A-M-C-H-O-N-G-K-I-M.com. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Chong Kim to the show.
2: Hi, Chong. Hi, thank you for having me. No,
0: thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. And I mean, gosh, there's just so much to ask you. I mean, like I said, I'm a parent of two young daughters. And when I hear the word sex trafficking, I'm not going to lie like my butt puckers. And I'm like, no, (laughs) I don't want to hear about this. Like, I see too many SUV episodes and NCIS episodes. And I mean, you were... You you were sex trafficked, right? Is that even a word? Is that a thing? Yes. Like, okay, yes, so tell us your story.
2: Really- so I was actually 19 when I was uh, trafficked. I met a guy that I thought was my boyfriend. And he was actually buying a Marine dress uniform from an Army, Army surplus store. So he wasn't in the Marines. And we dated, and that's how I got trafficked. And when I was sold into a trafficking ring... Uh, which were run by Albanians, some of them were um, organized Korean, um, Korean crimes, as well as Chinese and Bosnian, and also Russian. So they were all together in one. And um, when I was trafficked, I was trafficked from the age of 19 through 21, um, basically 1994 through 1997. And I from the day-to-day abuse, I ended up ranking up as a madam, basically um, an easier word to understand is basically the bottom girl. I don't know if you've ever heard of the term bottom girl Mm -hmm. whenever they talk about pimping. So um, I had to rank up because that was the only way to escape. When you have corrupted officials that are also part of the trafficking ring, you can't go to the police, you can't say, oh, well, I'm being trafficked, I'm being beaten, especially in the 90s, people did not give women in the prostitution ring um, that victim uh, mentality. They looked at us as criminals. So we didn't go to the police. And so, um, but when I ranked up, I became a madam. And then when I found out I was pregnant, that's when I decided to escape. And I had a daughter, I placed her for adoption. Sorry about that. (laughs) Um, I placed her for adoption and I, um, and from that point on, I moved on with my life. And that's my story in a nutshell. But I have a movie that's uh, based on my story called Eden. You can find it on Amazon Prime or on YouTube. Um, I also have a book called Broken Silence that details much more in details than the movie called Broken Silence. You can access that. And actually, for the Asian Voices radio listeners, I'm going to extend the sale of my book for $10 through the end of March. And the code you can find on the website. It's every 40 seconds, but it's abbreviated. If you use that coupon code, you'll be able to purchase the book for
1: $10. Great, thank you. And where can we find that book? On my website at
2: www.iamchongkim.com. And it'll be on the homepage. You just have to scroll, and you'll see that flyer with the um, the every forty seconds code in order to apply that coupon, so you can have that ten dollars sale.
1: Great. Um, so, Chong, this is this question is kind of burning for me right now. How did you get out? How did you escape? Can you tell us I, that yeah. yes. story? I was
2: actually held in a one of the casinos. And even though I was considered a madam, I was still under their control. And so I met a guy that was a maintenance, one of the maintenance team. And so I seduced him. I made him think I was going to fall in love with him and we were going to run away together. I just wanted access to get out. And I knew that anyone that worked either in security or maintenance, they would know all the ins and outs of the building throughout the building and so that's what I did and when he told me to go through the vents have you ever seen those movies where or those tv shows where they're crawling through vents to run away Mm -hmm. I did the exact same thing (gasps) and so I went through the vent and then I went through the laundry chute and from there I was on foot so I ran away oh wow that's how I got out
1: wow and can Can you tell us about that day? I
2: will never forget., um, well, one of the things was when I went through the vent, I mean, it took probably several several weeks to almost couple of months because I had to seduce the guy to convince him that I was in love with him and everything. And so um when I went through the vent, I remember my heart was palpitating. And I grew up in church, and so I grew up Catholic. And so I remember praying and thinking, okay, if there is a God, can you at least give me the opportunity to get out of here? And when I was crawling through the vent, I remember having to press down on that metal, and you could hear, boom, it would just echo. And I was so afraid that the traffickers would hear me, not realizing that all the walls were cylinder walls, so, that it, so it was also soundproof. Mm -hmm. And so and then plus the slot machines on the, you know, on the floors of the casinos, so they wouldn't be able to hear me. And um, so that was the advantage I had. And um, so when I went through the laundry chute, I remember there was a giant basket with linens in there. And I didn't know if it was dirty linens or clean linens. I just wanted to just get out of there. And I remember this Latino woman, she looked at me, she was folding blankets and sheets and she's looking at me and I'm in a negligee with oh, stiletto wow. heels and wow. she's looking up the uh, laundry chute and looking at me thinking, and I'm thinking to myself, she's probably wondering, are there any more prostitutes that's going to come down the laundry chute? Oh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> oh, that was my, my thought process at the time. And so I looked at her and I say, like, English. And she said, See, And, um, I said, where is the door? And she pointed. And from that point on, I walked out. I ran into a guy that used to buy uh, some of the girls that I had to traffic. And so he saw me. And so I said, Oh, do you want to orient a girl? I give you a good time. And he said, Sure. So I got in his car. We went down the alley. It was at the Las Vegas Strip. And I remember taking off my shoe and I beat him over the head. Oh, my. He was unconscious. He wasn't dead. He was unconscious. I pushed him out of the car and basically I stole his car to get away. And then I dumped his car at a empty parking lot. And then from that point on, I started calling the Yellow Pages and looking for adoption agency. And then that's how I transitioned out of there. I had a church that came to get me and to help me to escape. And when they asked me, when they saw bruises on me, I lied to them and i told them my boyfriend is a cop so please don't call the police and they're like oh okay because i didn't know mm. how to de- describe to them because imagine 1997 yeah yeah and mm-hmm. you're tr- you're trying to explain if you were to say oh i was forced into prostitution people didn't believe right, in right. Forced prostitution they thought it was a choice mm-hmm. and so i had to think quick to survive So I said, oh, the bruises came from my abusive boyfriend who was a cop. So help me escape. And so that's what they did. They helped me escape. And so from Las Vegas, Henderson, Las Vegas to Abilene, Texas. And so I ended up in Abilene, Texas.
0: So Chong, um, you know, I I am a a father of two little girls. And, you know, I'm reading your bio here that you've dealt with a, a lot of hardships and you were born with a disability. And I have a young daughter who is uh, going to be seven and she is born with a disability. Um, She is uh, intellectually disabled or has an intellectual disability. And um, and so I'm just curious, like, you know, parents like me who worry about this kind of thing, like were you, you know, I know you had a lot of hardships, but can you tell us a little bit about like- My
2: disability.
0: Well, maybe yeah, a little bit about your disability, but I'm just like, did you have a low self esteem that it made yes. you like kind of get into this? Like, how did like how does a parent like myself protect my children and to you know educate them about this?
2: Well, one of the things that I had an issue with, I grew up with a parent. Uh, my mother was actually embarrassed that I was disabled my mother did not embrace my disability. She didn't love me for my disability. She wanted me to be the perfect daughter because I was the oldest. So um, I walked with a limb and so my mother would pinch my arm and she said, walk straight, walk straight. And she would get mad at me. And so I didn't have the love and nurture that I needed from a child, and I, I mean, from a parent. And so that made me susceptible to pedophiles. So wow. I was raped at the age of 3 and so because I was looked as the outcast in my own family and yet pedophiles were buying me gifts buying me candy showering me with love while at the same time raping me I was confused wow. I mm-hmm. thought that was normal and thought so that was love. you exactly and so when you want to educate your children one of the things we that I stress to parents Talk about, you don't have to talk about the genitalia. You don't have to talk about sex, but do talk to your children about what is a healthy relationship? What does that look like? Mm. Try to describe what a healthy friendship looks like from a child's point of view, not from an adult's point of view. Um, One of the things that I also look at is behavioral detection. So when you're hiring babysitters, for example, and Mm -hmm. you want them to watch your child, Ask them the question, why do you love children so much and describe a time that you had with a child and listen very carefully how they will romanticize that moment. And that's a red flag because anybody could say, oh, well, I know how to do CPR. We play board games. I let them win. Those are all normal. But I had a guy one time, he said there was a little five-year-old girl he was watching. He would be sitting on the park bench. And he said he would watch her golden blonde hair shimmering in the sun. She was only five years old. And he said when she got up, he would see the wind dance with her hair and it was just magnificent and beautiful. And he was in all of her beauty. And right then I decided from my professional opinion, I didn't hire him to work with our youth because I thought that was a bit red (laughs) flag-ish.
0: Right, right.
2: So I hope I answered that question for you.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely because I mean it's it's just one of those things I think as, you know, just as a parent you wonder about that kind of thing and it, you know, especially I don't I, I don't know like when it comes to sex trafficking, I it, it just ugh, just frightens me. It scares me. But yeah, yeah,
1: I, I'm the, I'm in the same boat. Like whenever I think about sex trafficking, um, I just I, I get a little pit in my stomach because it's like, oh, that's something that happens to other people. That doesn't happen right. to me. That doesn't happen to anybody in my family. I don't know, buddy. I don't know anyone who has been personally impacted by this. But yet, it's literally happening right under our noses. I mean, yeah, everywhere we look. There could be a child being groomed or, or um, targeted by a pedophile. And, you know, my son is 18 months old and, you know, we're, we're pretty, um, I want to say I myself have gotten off of social media just for my own sanity, but right. we have a hard rule right now with our son. My husband and I are in agreement that there's going to be no screen time. He's not going to know about iPads or phones or computers until he is old enough. And, you know, he hasn't, I mean, he, he sees, the only thing that he sees right now is the Pandora screen and okay. on our, on our big TV and he'll go up and he'll dance and he'll, you know, I have Sade on Aww. a lot. So he's like, Aww. he points to his auntie Sade and he's dancing, but you know, kids these days are exposed to so much technology and so many platforms that you cannot, I I mean, I can't even imagine or fathom as a parent, how to keep that under wraps or monitored in a way that is going to keep your child safe. I mean, can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. And what Um, the statistics are about children? Yes. So I'm going to start with
2: the statistics. Um, I'm actually working on a TV series and it's called Every 40 Seconds because every 40 seconds, a child goes missing in America. So that's equivalent of 2,100 children per day. And in 2019, according to the National Crime Victims, they had um, reported 424,000 children that went missing and one in every six child has been traffic. California is ranked number 1 and Texas is ranked number 2 in the nation. And then you, the United States is ranked number 2 globally for human trafficking.
0: Oh That's my gosh. Crazy. That hurts my heart. My kids are never leaving the house.
1: I know. <laughs> like you're going to be imprisoned. <laughs>
0: You're going to be in pandemic mode for the rest of your life. Sorry.
1: Oh my gosh. Now, one
2: of the things that when you guys were talking about earlier about, you know, you're afraid that your child um, will, you know, you're worried about your child. You're making sure that your child is not susceptible to trafficking. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I will say, majority of children that get trafficked are either by someone they know. It's very... um, It does happen stranger danger, but it's not as huge as people think it is. Someone is not going to come over and snatch up your child. Um, I'm going to share something that I didn't share in my book because I didn't want to exploit my family, but my father was a gambler and Mm -hmm. my father owed money to a Korean organized crime in Oklahoma. And so because he owed money, that's why I got chosen to be trafficked. So, yes. And so, I mean, trafficking doesn't just happen because someone says, oh, I want to pick that child and I want to sell them. Most of the time you need the parent's permission. So when you hear of stories of parents selling their kids, that's a common thing because most of the parents are from poverty, stricken, Mm -hmm. um, drug abuse or even sexual abuse majority of kids that get trafficked have actually been sexually abused or abused in their lifetime before they were ever trafficked. Wow. Um, but nowadays with social media, just like what you said, Linda, you're afraid that to expose your child to the social media. And that's very smart because one of the downfalls that electronics and the digital world, one of the downfall is it has shut down our animal instinct. I don't know if you know what I mean by that. Have you ever been in a room? Yes. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Have you ever been in a room and you met someone and you did not like them but you could not figure out why? Mm -hmm. Oh yes.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. When we
2: become when we become so digitalized, we actually lose that that sense. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's important that we practice with our children even board games teach them what our red flags are, you know? Um, and the other thing is I even tell, tell this to my sister cause she has two kids because every time they see me, she said, go give Aunt Chong a hug and kiss. And I'm like, no, don't do that. Quit forcing your kids to hug and kiss, grandma and grandpa and everybody else. Because guess what? You're teaching your kids that they don't have the right to say no. Mm. You're teaching your kids the energy that is being brought into them so I looked at my niece and nephew and I said how about a high five that way I'm putting the ball back into their court and they like that better they don't have to feel like okay I got a kiss on auntie and uncle and all this stuff because I remember when I was a kid that's how I was sexually abused because my dad would say kiss this guy or kiss this woman Mm -hmm. and some of these kisses were not appropriate I had Mm -hmm. a pastor that stuck his tongue in my mouth and I was eight years old Mm -hmm. and my parents Mm -hmm. were standing there, but they're like, oh, well, he's a pastor. So that's okay. No, it's not okay. And Mm -hmm. then also don't let your children sit on anybody's lap. When I was six years old, I had a principal that made me sit on his lap and he was dry humping me, but I didn't know that at the time. So these are things that we need to teach our children about their surroundings, about Um, you know, being aware of the surroundings and their own emotions and their own touch and feel. And so those are things that we can practice with our children and not just teach them about stranger danger, but even people within their own family. Ask them when you go to family reunions, talk to your children, sit down and talk to them. What did you think about the family reunion? Did you like grandma? Did you like so-and-so? What did you not like about them? These are things that need these are conversations
1: that need to happen. I hope that answers your question for both.
2: Yeah. Yes.
1: And I'm I'm curious if is there are there any other resources like books or websites where we can find this information and like really study it? Because I, you know, I I I I'm obviously a new mom yes. and I have caught myself doing that, you know, oh blow kiss. Yeah. Oh yeah. But,
0: it's something that you do with your family all the time. Yeah. Like Blow, exactly.
1: blo- kiss. Give, give, um, give auntie a hug. Or exactly. And you th- and you think that that's okay because you're like, oh, it's a new skill that he just learned. He knows how right, to hug people. Right. <laughs> exactly. You know, he just learned how to smack his lips, and he knows how to yep. kiss now. And and you know, it, it almost in a way, it's like I'm grooming my kid to give this his love away in exactly about without, without teaching him a, the appropriateness boundaries. and the boundaries exactly. and what a healthy relationship looks like and looks feels like. like exactly things. yeah
2: because when we teach our kids go kiss so and so we basically told them they have no boundaries for themselves yeah and it's mm-hmm. important for them to develop their own boundaries when you ask me linda there is a website called net Smarts. It's net S M A R T Z dot org and they talk about pedophilia online stuff, but it mainly focuses more on stranger danger. However, I am planning to start my own podcast to start talking about these curriculum. And I'm also creating PowerPoints and curriculum to start teaching parents how to think like a predator so you can protect your own children. And yeah, that's we need what this. oh do. yeah,
0: we need that for sure. Absolutely yes So real quick, um Chong, can you remind me what is the name of your book?
2: It's called Broken Silence.
0: And as all of this, you know, obviously you share your story and I yes. mean does does the book move forward into what's happening in your life now, like with projects or advocacy yes. or anything like that?
2: Absolutely. And it also details about my first rape when I was three years old. It details about their behaviors. So that's why I'm all about behavioral detection. It gives you insights of what to be aware of with your own child. When they start going to school, Uh, from bullying to the racism that I went through, it it explains everything. I, you know, I can't emphasize enough. And like I said, it's on sale all the way. And I'm extending the sale to uh, Valentine's Day. So that way you can give your loved ones my book, Broken
1: Silence. Great. Um, thank you for that. And, and have any projects or we, you're so you also uh, have a foundation that you're working on for advocacy yes. work. Can you talk a little bit about that and share that with us? So the advocacy work is actually called Every 40 Seconds Campaign. And
2: we actually don't do direct service. One of the things that we wanted to do, because there's so many nonprofits that do direct service, but they're lacking funding. So mm-hmm. we're the foundation that give funding to uh, grassroots organizations, minority-led, female-led, um, also uh, survivor-led programs, whether it's rescue, whether it's shelter, because there's not enough funds, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to re uh, reinvent the wheel, mm-hmm. and so the nonprofit is called Velvet Brick Foundation, and so being Asian American, I think people underestimate a lot of us Asian Americans because they think we're the model minority. We're the ones Mm -hmm. that's supposed to keep silent and be quiet and sit in a corner and and listen to what we're being told. Mm -hmm. But we get so underestimated that we're also stronger than how we look. So that's why I went to name it Velvet Brick, because I want people to know this is founded by an Asian American survivor who overcame a lot of tragedies and obstacles. And then I'm also working on two film projects. Well, one is um, the film is actually called Chong. It's the aftermath of my trafficking. And I'm working on it with uh, Lisa Belcher. And then I'm also trying to launch my scripted TV series called Every 40 Seconds. And Eli was sharing with me that you love um, crime shows. This is a crime show. This is actually about a survivor of human trafficking that teaches the FBI how to think like a trafficker, so that way they can solve the cases in time. And I have written up to eight seasons, the storyline, and then all the cases that they work on are actual cases that I worked with the FBI. Wow! But it's just going to change the
1: names and places. Wow! That's amazing. I can't wait for that because I I love these kinds of shows. Um, yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah oh it's my goodness, yeah. It's I, fascinating. Can can you tell us about one of these um, episodes, episodes, perhaps? Give us a little teaser.
2: Sure. So the first episode is actually called Catfish. And it's actually about a teenage girl that goes online and she's going on social media to recruit other younger girls. And so from there, um, that's when... I have the character, her name is Priscilla. She's going to be the survivor in the show and she's going and the FBI is stuck on this case. So they look out, look for Priscilla who is a survivor and they said, we need your help. And she says, okay, but do you know how to think like a trafficker? And they're like, no, we just, we have to think like investigators. She goes, no, you're you're never going to find them. And so she takes them on this journey on how to look at the cases from a different point of view. And so that's how they end up. But one of the things that's different from this TV show than most crime shows,
1: mm-hmm. most
2: crime shows end up solving the case within an hour, you know? Right. I wanted it to have that K-drama feel. So I wanted the, that catfish to be solved by the end of the season. But we'll okay. have other cases overlapping. So you see how FBI really does the work in a realistic sort of way if that makes sense yes totally
0: amazing no i'm i'm excited for everything and i'm just fascinated by you chong and i'm i'm gonna grab this book and i'm gonna check out the website and i want to thank you so much for being our guest today and if if anybody wants to learn more about you know what you're doing and what's going on where can they find you again
2: they can find me on my website at iamchongkim.com and also um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. It's at I am Chong Kim, and you can find me on all of those.
0: Absolutely, and you can also, you know, find that link. If you can't find um, her there, you can find it at AsianVoicesRadio Again, AsianVoicesRadio um, dot com. And also, if you have any other future topics, we'd love to hear from you. Um, as well as you can subscribe to the Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and Chong, there's oh my God, you're amazing. I'm so thank honored you. to know you and yes. uh, and your story and you're incredible and yeah, you're just thank you so much for joining us today. I, I really appreciate it.
2: Likewise. thank you so much for having me. I it's an honor to be here.
0: Absolutely, and until next week, I'm Hula Ramos on behalf of my co-host Linda Schwartz. We'd like to thank all of you for listening again, and please join us next week for another exciting and thought-provoking Asian Voices radio show. Take care, and we'll see you next time.